All right. So therefore, we're about to get started. Um, everyone, uh, thank you for those that are joining us on Facebook Live and some of the different other platforms. Uh, today, this is the Battles of the Heart Singers Ministry. Uh, today, I have uh, a special guest, um, Renee Malone. Um, she, I got to let you know she's my family. She's my cousin. I love her. I call her something else, but we're not going to call her that name on <laughs> on Facebook or a Zoom live, but I'm, I'm excited for her to be with us today. Um, I, I, there may be a few other people joining us, I'm not sure, but I'm just excited about be, her being with us today when I um, I came to her to ask her uh, about coming forth today or, or just, you know, just speaking a word to the singers. She said yes, you know, and, and a lot of, and <laughs> she said, and she, no hesitation, no nothing, no fight, no fuss, no nothing, no begging, nothing like that. I like that, man. I just like, just, you know, because a lot of times we ask people to do things, they, because they uh, don't feel comfortable or they're out of their comfort zone, they don't want to do it. But I'm, I'm grateful that she said yes. Okay, so I'm excited about her. Uh, like I said, she's my, my family. I know her. I've known her all my, my all her life. <laughs> you know, since she was a little one and everything. And I have watched this woman um grow over the years into the awesome woman of God that she is. I trust her. I love her. She has a compassion for many people. She has a deep compassion for many people. And she's a woman of God that's after his heart that wanted to do the things of God and want to please God. So I am proud to call her not only my cousin, but my friend and my sister cousins <laughs> and everything. So uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go ahead and open up in prayer. And as soon as I finish open up in prayer, I'm going to turn everything over to her and we'll just let her go forth, amen, to whatever God uh, decides. I'm, I'm ready, y'all. So go tag somebody. Um, we are recorded on Facebook Live. I think it's on my page. Uh, once I go in the background, I start tagging people so they can see. But go grab somebody. Go let them know that you can listen to it on Facebook Live. You can um, call into the Zoom number that is on the in the link and everything. So whatever you got to do, do not miss out on this. You know, this is my 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 cousin. This is family, okay? <laughs> Nothing like family, you know? We come from a family of um, preachers and pastors and singers and dancers and just worshipers and praise, you know? So it's, it's always good to see that in action. Amen. So Father God, we come today first to give you thanks, God. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for everything that you are doing in our lives today, God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for how far that you have brought us, God. When we look back over our life and we begin to thank things over, it was truly nobody but you, Jesus. You did it. And we are grateful, God, that you brought us, God, through some hurt and through some pain and through some suffering through some death and through some life and through some disappointments, God. You did it. You brought us through some things that we never, ever thought that we could get through, but you you brought us through anyway. You brought us through, Lord Jesus, when we didn't even want to be brought through. We was comfortable being in our stuff and in our mess and in a situation that you had not ordained for us, God. So, God, we're excited today, God. 
as Renee come forth and bring forth the word. We know that you have given her a word in her belly for us, not just the singles, but for the married, and not just for the the, 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 the parents, but those without children, God, for those that are elderly and those that are young, God. We're going to sit back, God, and see what see you have given her to say, to say, God, in anticipation of the word coming forth, God. We thank you, God. So now, Holy Spirit, we ask that your glory shine upon this broadcast, shine upon Renee, God, as she speak forth the allegories and the mysteries of your gospel, God. We pray, God, that you, the word, God, will begin to prick the hearts of men and women. Leave no one unchecked, God. Touch, touch, tap them on their shoulder today, God, and begin to do your work, God. We pray, God, that forgiveness may take place, God, the restoration may take place, God, that hope may be restored, God, that love will abound even more so, God, that grace will come forth, God, for whatever needs to take, whatever needs to take place within the body of those that are listed would be done today, God. We pray, God, that whatever the enemy meant for evil, Lord Jesus, that you will begin, God, in the lives of those that are listening today to turn it around for our good. We will stand, God, on our hand feet and wait in participation, God, to see what you do next. We do pray this prayer, God, your glory fill the temple today. Lord Jesus, as we worship you in praise and worship, God, as we glorify your name, God. We submit, we submit ourselves to you and say, come, Holy Spirit, come and have your way. You set the atmosphere. You speak the words. It's in Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor, Brother, Cousin, Ray Rose. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And um, Father, thank you so much for the prayer that has gone forth. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Father, thank you for what you're doing in the body of Christ. Father, thank you for your word that is fire. Father, that is spirit, that is alive, that is true. Lord God, I yield to you that you may allow me to speak and bring forth that which you would have me to bring forth, saying nothing more or nothing less than you would have me to say. In Jesus' name, amen. So tonight, I am actually going to, um, I'm going to be speaking about the will of God. And when we look at that, I mean, you know, as I was reading through this and really thinking about it, I was like, oh my gosh. So it really made me start thinking about some things. So I'm going to start off in Romans 12 and 1. Very familiar scripture which I know everybody knows, and I'm, I have a very raggedy, 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 raggedy Bible, but I love it so much. <laughs> okay, Romans 12 and 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, your reasonable service. Okay, and then I am going to go to Okay, let's go to uh the book of Daniel. And I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 8. 
In the 30 year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hands with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz and the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of, prince, of the princes, children in whom no blemish was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and him and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the vine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name Baal-Tezazar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. Key verse. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. So what I'm going to do, I like to read scriptures first so that we can uh, just go back and then talk about them. The last uh, scriptures that I'm going to be coming from, Luke 14, 26 through 35. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Looking at in his life also. Verse 27, and whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. That's another key verse. 28, for which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it, lest perhaps after he have laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it will begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king sitteth down not first, sitteth not down first and consulted and consulted whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. All right. So while I think about, um, you know, one of the things I, I said I was going to talk about is the will of God. Um, and if I had a, a sub-subject, it would be count the cost. So if we go uh, go back to Romans 12, 1 and 2, present your bodies a living sacrifice, which is holy and acceptable, will of God. 
So I want to talk about Daniel because Daniel is a very uh, interesting character here. When we think about where he came from, where he was going, and where he was. So just a little background history. Uh, Daniel, if we, we look at what the king said, he's like, go and pick out pretty much cream of the crop. When you go, he, he had already uh, got Judah as, as back uh, of uh, captive. But of Judah, he said, I want you to go to the children and pick out the cream of the crop. Pretty much those that are, um, they're, they're from the king's seed. They're also princes. There are children that there are no blemish in. They're well-favored, skillful in all wisdom, cunning in all knowledge, and understanding science, and such as has ability in them to stand in the king's palace. So he wanted the best. He wanted the most intelligent. He wanted those that came, those were well-bred. Um, those were the those were the children that he was looking for because he knew that he wanted them to stand in his palace, and so only the best could stand before him in his palace. So one of the things about um, these children, he was then going to take them through an indoctrination period, and this indoctrination period lasted three years. If we go to verse five, it says, "In the king." appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them for three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. So if we look at those three years as an indoctrination period, we'll begin to see what King Nebuchadnezzar was doing in those three years. So there were several phases in this indoctrination period. The first one was that, okay, We're going to go in and we're going to educate them. We're going to teach them our language. We're going to teach them our literature. And so that they can know the tongue of the Chaldeans. Now, keep in mind, these are children. These are not grown men. These are children. We're also going to emasculate them, which means that we're going to make them eunuchs. We're going to make them eunuchs. And then we're going to feed them with the king's meat, the best of the food, They're going to drink my wine. That's going to obligate them to the king, right? And lastly, he's going to um, assimilate them into his culture. So now when you think of Judah, Israelite, the Hebrew boys, they were snatched. They They were brought captive from out of their land. So they were brought up in their own traditions, in their own culture. So what King Nebuchadnezzar was doing was pretty much stripping them of all of that that they knew so that they could come into his culture, pick up his ways and learn his ways. Because at the end of the day, he wanted them to serve him. So he had to prepare them mentally. He had to take them through all of this. So during this indoctrination period, so when you read the history of King Nebuchadnezzar, what was his what was his uh, habit is that whenever he went into a land and he brought those people captive, this was the process that he would do. So this is nothing new that he was doing with the Hebrews. Actually, uh, you can say that this was, um, he had perfected his art of indoctrinating people. So these boys were young, so they're impressionable, right? So. During this period, this three years period is uh, 
also like a brainwashing. So he's stripping them of everything that they know. And he's taking them from their culture and saying, hey, although you're my slaves, I'm going to treat you good. I'm going to feed you. You're going to be in my palace. I'm going to emasculate. Yeah, I'm going to make you a eunuch. But I'm going to feed you good. You're going to be eating the best of the food. I'm going to make sure that you're, you're being taught because you, you're, you're so smart anyway. You, you, you're best, you, you received the best education. But I'm going to make sure you get the best education of my language. So, and then he said, um, and then another thing that he did, he took their names from them that they had and gave them names of so the names that the Hebrew had the Hebrew boys had represented um you know the God the, the God Almighty that their forefathers served and what they knew of he gave them God names of gods of his land so he he was taking everything from them and just totally grooming them to be what he wanted them to be. Another thing that um, we want to look at is that these four Hebrew boys were not the only four that came over. And I think it's interesting that they only spoke about these four. Now, so the scripture verse A says, Daniel purposed in his heart that he was not going to defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. So, he wasn't going to defile himself because the king, when they ate, they sacrificed their food to their gods. And so Daniel said, no, I'm not going to eat anything that's been sacrificed. I'm going to serve my God, right? He's a young boy. Again, he's not a grown man. He's a young boy. And he had determined that he was not going to serve or defile himself by serving their God, but he was going to continue to serve his God. Keep in mind, this is a young boy. And I keep emphasizing that because... um. He was stripped from everything that he knew and brought over here. So, but he chose to retain what he was brought up in. Learning about the God of his forefathers, of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And so the Hebrews, they would teach these traditions. And they weren't traditions. They would make sure that they knew these truths of where they came from and make sure that their children knew these truths, right? I'm going to keep emphasizing young boy because I'm going to, it's going to come into play when I talk about the will of God. And so now if you think about it, if you just think about the U.S., right? If we're in war and then we end up losing and then the, the, the country that wins the war, they come in and take us captive and they're going to go throughout the land and they're going to pick the best of the crop, you know, um, the parents. So when we think about Daniel and I'm quite sure that their parents had high hopes for them. Their parents had high hopes for their these boys that when they grow older, they're going to get married, they're going to have a family, they're going to do all of this. That wasn't the case. They were being indoctrinated. Daniel purposed in his heart that he was going to be faithful to his God. If we go back to Romans 12 and 1, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, one of the other, um, when I was reading in the, the St. Luke, we were talking about, um, let's go back there, 14. Jesus says, listen, if you're going to come to me, he said, you got to be willing to lose your life and then pick up your cross and follow me. So what exactly does he mean by pick up your cross and follow him? 
What he means is that self-denial, deny all of yourself, all of your dreams, all of the things that you want, put that to the side and follow me. Commit your life to me. So after that, he gave, he started giving the, the story about if a man is thinking about building, and I'm just going to put it in our, in our terms, if a man is thinking about building a house, he's going to sit down first and think about what it costs to build that house, all the materials that he needs, how much it's going to cost, the labor and everything before he starts building that house. Or if he doesn't, he'll start building it and then find out he runs out of resources and then he becomes a mockery. Another thing to think about that he was, he said that, listen, also, if you're going to go to war, well, how would you not think about what you have, what you have to take to the war versus who you're going to war against? Do we have enough military to combat who we are going to war with, right? Now, why would he give these two examples after he says, lay down your life and follow me, pick up your cross and follow me? Because he's saying, consider the cost. Consider the cost of serving me. If you're going to serve me, you got to weigh the cost. And people say, oh, it doesn't cost anything to serve the Lord. Well, that's not exactly true. It does cost something. It costs our life. Not our life as far as we're going to lay it down and we're going to die physically. But we are going to die because we die daily. Christ said, consider the cost of serving me. If you're going to come to me, then you have to pick up your cross. You're going to have to lay down everything that you want and be committed to my will, the will of my father. Be committed to following me. Present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, the perfect will of God. What if God's will is not what your will for your life is? When we choose to serve God and give our life to the Lord, God then has a right to disrupt our life. Everything that we want to do, all of our plans, if they are not in will, with, in line with the will of God, if we said, Lord, my life is yours, I'm committed to you, then we should be uh, mindful that our life is going to get disrupted. So a lot of times people say, I want to serve the Lord and I, I'm saved, I serve the Lord. But are you really committed to giving your life to him to the point where you are ready to lay down your life and follow him? Where you're ready to say, it's not about me, it's about you. The book said Daniel committed in his heart that he was going to serve the Lord. So it didn't matter what it looked like. It didn't matter what was coming or going. Daniel had determined, I'm going to serve the Lord. And in the situation that he was in, he could have easily bowed down and said, okay, if I'm here in bondage, I might as well make the best of it. If I'm going to be a slave, I might as well make the best of it. The king is feeding me from his table. He's giving me his wine. He's letting me be taught all of the great um, sciences and everything, the best education. Why not? This is how God is blessing me. It is. That, that's truly a blessing, but are you going to forsake what you know and give in to what looks good? So when we commit our lives to God, it means that, Lord, whatever your will is, I'm going to, I'm going to surrender to your will. Christ was the ultimate sacrifice. Christ gave his life 
Christ was living in glory. He was here at the very beginning. He was with God when God created the earth, when God created the galaxy, when God created everything. Christ was there with him. Christ was there. One thing uh, I was when I was studying, I started thinking about God created this earth for man. He did not create man for the earth, meaning God thinks out everything in advance. He, he, he doesn't throw anything into place. Nothing is just a happenstance. But everything that God does is well thought out. So when God knew that he wanted to create man, he had to prepare earth for man. So he prepared this beautiful place for man. He put the galaxy in place. He put the stars in place. He put the moon in place. He put the sun in place, the water, everything here on earth before he put man here. So he prepared this for man, right? So when Adam sinned and he gave over everything to Christ, I mean, to, 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 to Satan, God was already at work preparing a way for man to come back to him. So what he did until the time came, man had to offer the sacrifices, right? The priest had, the high priest had to offer these sacrifices for the sins of the people. But that wasn't enough. That was not enough. Christ left glory. He left the angels, everything, to step into earth, into a body, to walk this earth as a human being, to redeem us back to God. He was a sacrifice. In the Garden of Gethsemane, when the hour was come for him to really suffer, when he knew that his friends were going to be scattered, when he knew that his friends, one was going to deny him, he had already been betrayed. He knew what he was about to go through, the whipping, the spitting, the, the, the mocking. And then the last would be hung on the cross. But not only that, he had to bear his cross. He had to put that cross on his back and carry it up the hill. And then the very cross that he carried, he was nailed to it. He sacrificed his life, shed his blood for us. There was a point when he said, oh, it's, it's getting real now. It's about to happen. Father, I can't do this. He said, I can't do it. It's, it I, I can't do it. It's too much. And he went back and prayed again. Oh, it's too much. It's much. I can't do it. And he went back, Father, nevertheless, your will, your will. Christ laid his will down to carry the will of the Father so that we can be redeemed back to him. So when I say consider the cost, if we are to present our body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, that's the least that we could do. The least that we can do is to give our life to God, not only give it to him, but commit fully to him and lay down our desires, lay down our will, lay down our very things that we want. We should allow God to disrupt our life, to fulfill his will, not only in us, but through us, because everything that God does is well thought out. 
And the plans that he has for us are better than any of the plans that we could ever think for ourselves. So what if I want, I'm going to give a choose. So I'm, I'm, I believe in being very transparent. I love to act. I love acting. I love acting. I can't say it enough. I love to act. And when I was a kid, I had an aunt who asked me, she said, you know, Greta, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's just, I want to be a, a, a preacher, a teacher, and an actress. Now, why did I say a preacher? I don't know. But, you know, I knew that I wanted to be a teacher and a preacher and an actress. And so what she said to me, she says, well, if you be a, a teacher and a preacher, well, you can't be an actress. Well, that just went in my head. It didn't stay there. Because in my mind, I'm like, yes, I can. Oh, I can be an actress. I love acting. And so I've never lost that desire to want to act. I, it's, I, I just want to act, right? Um, in high school, my senior year, I was in the drama club. I love, I love acting. I still do. Is that what God wants me to do? I would say right now, I, I, I don't, it's not what he wants me to do right now. I'm not going to say that's not an area that he's going to take me down, but I'm willing to lay aside my desire to pursue. I mean, I was my, I have a cousin down here who acts in Richmond and I was, I would travel down here to audition for commercials, to audition for plays because I wanted to act this that bad. And so now when I moved down here, I was like, oh damn, I'm down here with my cousin. I'm not going to call her name. I'm down here with her. I'm going to get connected and I'm going to go to these auditions and I'm going to get, I'm going to get out there and really start doing auditioning again. And all of this, Going to get an act, and I even I even was taking the acting. I was taking classes under when I was in, um, you know, before I moved down here several years ago. There was a um, a, um, a acting, and um, she's a she used to act in Hollywood. Um, she was pretty big in Hollywood, and she started an acting school in Northern Virginia. So I was taking private lessons with her, as well as group lesson. I wanted to act just that bad, right? And so when I thought, when I moved down here, now I'm in Richmond, I'm going to really start acting. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to get find a, a, a class that I can get into, start taking um, acting lessons and get back into it. But that's not what God has me to do. That's not what he wants me to do. So I'm, I'm laying aside that desire right? Another thing is years ago, I wanted to get married. Oh God, is this the year that you're going to send me a husband? Oh Lord, I want to get married, but I'm not married. And you want to know something? I'm quite happy about that. About five years, five or six years ago, I said, Lord, you know what? I'm content. If you send a husband to me, fine. If not, I'm perfectly happy. I'm happy being single. And it, and I'm like, no, I don't even want to get married. I like being single. Okay, so what if you are dying to get married and God is saying, well, that's not what I want for you. What if you want to go out here and you want to be in ministry and you want to have this big mega church and you driving and doing all you can and God is saying, that's not what I want for you. What if it's God's will for you to be on, on the corner preaching to those who are drug addicts, who are, who, who are alcoholics, the prostitutes, and you're not in front of the big camera? And, and you're not in front of in a large audience. You don't have a mega church. What if you have a beautiful voice and it has been prophesied to you and you even have a desire to make all these records and to be well known and be renowned all throughout the country and even in another country and you want to sing. And God is saying, I gave you that voice, but I just want you to sing to me. 
be content singing it. I just want you to sing in the church. I don't want you to get big. I don't want you to be out of, will you be happy with that? Will you be content with that? If you look at Daniel's life, Daniel, I'm sure his parents, and even him, I'm sure that they had big desires for him, had huge desires for his life. And he may have had plans for his own life, but he, he became a slave boy. And he was emasculated, so he couldn't have any kids. He, was, he didn't have his freedom, but God elevated him. He surrendered to the will of God. He, so when he became a captive, he could have mumbled it and grumbled against God. And it's like, God, why are you allowed this to happen? Why this? Why that? Why I don't want to be a slave now? You know, Lord, just it's, it's all of my dreams are gone to waste because I'm a slave. But he didn't. He determined in his heart. That he was not going to defile himself, but he was going to serve the Lord. God wants us to be to the point where our lives are totally committed to him. He said, look, it's your reasonable service. It's the least you can do. My son died for you. He gave his life for you. He gave up his will. He bore his cross to serve you. I mean, to, 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 for you. He took the place so that you wouldn't have to go to death. You wouldn't have to spend eternity in hell. God would totally disrupt our lives, meaning that he would turn everything around to fulfill his purpose if we allow him to. And no matter what we do, no matter what our plans are for our life, it's never better than what God plans are. And so some people will say, well, you know, the scripture says, if I delight myself in him, he'll give me the desires of my heart. This is true. Okay, but let's look at that word desire. If we, if we, if we delight ourselves in him, what does that mean? That means if we are to become like putty in his hands, if we are pliable and soft in his hands, that means if we allow him to mold us to who he wants us to be, he'll give us the desires of our heart. A lot of times we want the good things but we don't want to give what it takes to get what God wants for us to be, where he wants us to be. So what Jesus was saying in this parable in Luke 14, when he said, uh, when a man is about to build a house, again, I'm putting in today's term, that he's about to build a house, he looks at everything that uh, it's going to cost him to build that house. So what he was saying is, if you're going to commit, give your life to me, He's saying, pick up the cross, pick up your cross, bear your cross and follow me. Lay down your desires. Deny yourself and follow me. Then he gives his parable. He says, consider the cost. Are you willing to do that? Because it's more than just saying I gave my life to the Lord. He said, really consider the cost of giving your life to me. Because it's, it really means you're giving your life to me. I've purchased you. God has said, I purchased you with the blood of my son. The least you can do is present your body a holy sacrifice, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to me, to, to, for my will. Are we going to commit ourselves to the will of God? Have we considered the cost of giving our lives to him? Have we really thought it through what really serving the Lord means? 
Have we considered the cost? Because the cost is, it's not about me anymore. It's not about our lives. It's about what does he want? Does he want me to live in New York or does he want me to live in New Jersey? Does he want me to live in New York or does he want me to, to, to live as a, a pauper without anything? And then you, you have a lot of Christians that say, well, you know, he can that I may have life and have it more abundantly. Well, this is true. But could that living abundantly mean abundance and peace, joy, happiness, a fruitful life unto God? Or does it mean abundant in all of the money and the houses and the cars? God doesn't care about that. God is looking for vessels. He's looking for people who are truly committed to surrendering their lives to him because he wants to save mankind. He doesn't want the world to die, but the, everybody in the world is not going to be saved. But he wants us to be an extension of him. He wants to be able to live through us so that when people see us, they see him. He wants us to be able to show his love to a world that's dying. Do we have compassion on the beggar that's on the street? Do we have compassion on the pimp? Do we have compassion on the pedophile? Do we have compassion on the rapist? Because God loves them too. He wants them to be saved. But if the body of Christ is constantly downsizing them and, and constantly uh, giving them the side eye and looking evil and mean at them, then how is the love of God coming through? Have we considered the cost of really giving our lives to the Lord? Because our lives no longer belong to us. Our lives belong to God. He purchased us. If I go in the store and I buy some clothes, I can do whatever I want with those clothes because they're mine. I bought them. If I go to the grocery store and I buy a watermelon and when I get home, I decide I want to throw the watermelon in the street, I can do it because it's mine. I paid for it. If I, if I walk down to the mall and I buy a pair of shoes, as soon as I buy those shoes, if I want to cut the heel off and tear them all up and then put them in the fire, I can do that because it's mine. They're mine. I paid for it. And so that's how we have to look at our lives. Our lives are no longer ours. When we surrender to the Lord, we don't belong to ourselves anymore. We belong to God. So we have to commit ourselves to living sacrifice. Our bodies are a living sacrifice. So we are a sacrifice walking around here, but giving God praise, giving God glory, giving God all the honor, and then allowing him to live through us. Our bodies are a living sacrifice. It's a sacrifice because we're denying ourselves. We are deciding that we're going to go and do the will of God, no matter what it takes. Have we considered the cost of what it means to truly give our life to the Lord? Because if we're not ready to serve the Lord, we can't play with it. We can't come in and, and, and straddle the fence and, and dip here and dip there and say, hey, I love the Lord. Because when we stand before the Lord, he'll say, I don't know you. You didn't commit to me. You did in your words, but not in your heart. God wants our heart because when he has our heart, then he can really do what he wants to do in this earth. And we have to always remember, it's not about us. It's about God. It's about what he's trying to do in this earth, what he wants to do through us, what he wants to do in us and through us, how he wants to draw man to him. We're to walk in his love. 
Have we truly considered the cost of what it means to pick up our cross, to deny ourselves, and to follow Christ? Because if we consider the cost, then we'll make a, de- a decision whether or not we want to we want to truly follow Him. There was a rich man that Jesus started talking, and this is in um, Luke eighteen, Luke eighteen. 18 through 24. Jesus started talking about um, eternal life. The man was listening to me. He said, oh, that sounds good. I want this eternal life. So he asked, he asked Jesus, he says, what do, I, what do I need to do to gain eternal life? Jesus started quoting the Ten Commandments. And he said, I've done all of that since I was a kid. It's easy. I mean, I'm, I'm already there. I've done it since I was a kid. He said a few other things. Yes, I've done that since I was a kid and I'm still doing it. Then Jesus said, sell all that you have and follow me. And the man thought about it. No, I, I, I can't. I can't do that. The Bible says that the man turned and walked away. Now, I, I, I have to respect that man because he considered the cost. The cost to him was to give up his riches and follow Christ. And he thought about that. He said, no, I can't do that. I can't do it. He considered the cost. The cost to him was his riches and his life. He wasn't thinking about eternal life at that point anymore he wanted eternal life when it sounded good but when he considered the cost of what he had to do to really get eternal life it was too much for him he didn't want to give up his riches so you can consider the cost in two ways you can consider the cost of what it means to follow christ meaning to lay down your life and lay down your will and pick up the will of god and truly commit to him or to consider the cost of, you know, I'm going to go my own way. I, this, that's too much for me. The Bible says that the way to destruction, that road is broad because people aren't really too willing to consider the cost to really surrender to God. So that is broad. That's a broad road. Many be that are going to it. But the way to eternal life, that's a narrow path. That's a narrow road, and it's few that's on that road. There are many people who are professing salvation. There are many people who are out here saying that I love the Lord. You see the post on Facebook, my heavenly father, but they're doing their own thing. They haven't even committed. They haven't even given their lives to the Lord, but they say he's my heavenly father. What does it mean to really surrender your life to the Lord? Will you accept the difficult times in your life. Because when we serve the Lord, it's not going to be all peaches and cream. There are going to be obstacles. If you look at Abraham, if Abram, before he became Abram, he was in, he was living large, came from a wealthy family. He knew all of the people. He knew his family. He was he knew the neighborhood. He knew the community. He, they knew him. God spoke to him and said, come away from all of that and follow me. He thought about the cost and he did it. 
If you think about Moses, Moses was used to, he had got used to living with Jethro. He had made a, a, a decent life living with him. He was comfortable. One day he was out there and that bush, bush was burning and he was like, why is that bush? What, that bush is burning, but it's not, it's not burning up. So he walked over there to it to see what's going on. Why is this bush not burning up? And the Lord spoke to him. The Lord said, I want to use you. I want you, I, I want to use you to deliver my people, to bring them out of the land of Egypt. God totally disrupted this man's life. To accomplish his will. Totally disrupted his life. If you look at Joseph. Joseph was hated by his brothers. But he was loved by his father. He had a good life. He was taken into captivity. His, his, his brother sold him. His life was disrupted. But he fulfilled the will of God. So if you look at people throughout the Bible. After I mean, person after person after person, David, um, Daniel, Ezekiel, Isaiah, all of these people, their lives, were, even if you look at the ten, if, uh, if you look at the disciples, their lives were disrupted from what they knew, but they made a choice to follow God and they surrendered all. They gave it up. I'm going to follow you, Lord. And when I say gave it up, I mean, they gave away their desires and what they wanted to do because it was that point they were committed to following God. Have we really considered the cost of doing the will of the Father? And the beautiful thing about that is this, oh my gosh, this is a faith walk. When we decide to commit our lives to the Lord and lay down our life, we don't know what God is going to do. We don't know where he's going to take us. We're just like Abram. He told Abram, he said, come on out. He said, leave your father, leave your family, leave your home. And I'm going to show you where to go. I'm going to lead you and I'm going to take you to Canaan. And I'm going to do all of this with you. But he didn't know. God didn't tell him everything that was going to happen along the way. It's a faith walk. And that's what our life is. It's a faith walk. Have we really considered the cost? Because when we commit our life to God, we don't know what he's going to do. We don't know where he's going to take us. We don't know how he's going to disrupt our life, but it's not going to be the life that we knew. It's not going to be the life that we were comfortable with. It's going to change. And the more we submit to God, the more our life is going to change. God means you could be knocked out sleeping good, Wake up at one o'clock and just went to bed at 11. I want to talk to you. <laughs> but me, I'm sleeping. God, come on, let me just get a couple of more hours. You committed to me. Did you, did you commit, a, did you could consider the cost? You committed to me. I want to talk to you now. Oh, Father, I only had two hours. Oh, Father, I'm sleeping. Can I just, another hour, just another hour. Father, I'm sleeping. No, I want to talk to you now. Consider the cost. Are you going to get up because that's the will of the father? Or are you going to get that other hour of sleep? It's a beautiful walk when you walk by faith. And it's a hard walk also. But the beautiful thing is God said he's, he's right there with us. He's not going to leave us. When we say we're going to walk with God and we're committed to him, at that point, it's all about faith. 
because we don't know where God is going to take us. We don't know how our life is going to lead, but we know that it's no longer about us. We know that it's no longer our life. It's, it's, it's him living in us now. It's Christ living in us. He's living through us, and God has got to have his will done. Are we going to commit to him? We have to consider the cost. And so that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm finished. Thanks for uh, letting me share, as I like to say. And uh, Brother Ram, turning it back over to you. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Oh, man, what an awesome word. Amen. This is a word that, like I said before, uh, this needed for the singles, for the married, for the parents, for the single parents. Um, at this time, you know, for those that, even for those that don't know, uh, Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior. Amen. Uh, um, see, I, I almost call you Reverend Pastor, but I'm going to be cool. <laughs> I will be cool and everything, but I'm, um, uh, Renee, cousin, Greta, all the above. <laughs> I thank you for that, uh, that awesome word, that awesome message. I knew. I had my fork and my knife ready. I knew that we would get fed. I think that you allow God just to speak through you. Amen. Um, when I looked at, I'm not going to go because sometimes preachers have a tendency to go preach over somebody. That, there's no need for that in this case. But um, one of the things in her message, she talked about faith, the will of God, and God to cost. Those three things, man. Uh, 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 it's more to come. So uh, be prepared, Renee. I might call on you another time. <laughs> <laughs> you know to bring forth that i'm gonna if you want if those that are on mute want to come off of mute and zoom you can and uh you want to speak um to renee that's fine you can do that also but i just thank you and those that listen on facebook live if you can put a message um in the chat um i'm i'm um, um, wearing several hats here, <laughs> amen. So, but it's all good, okay. It's a time for us to grow and everything. But I'm just grateful, uh, sis. That was an awesome word. That was an awesome word, and it's much needed, uh, especially with everything that's going on within the world today, you know, everything that's going on in the world. So, uh, what we're going to do right now is nobody wants to come off mute and say anything. Um, I'm gonna uh, ask Renee to close us out, okay. We have a few more minutes. I asked her, y'all, to sing a song. So, <laughs> she didn't sing a song. For those of so those on Zoom, or uh, even on Facebook, you you want Renee to sing, give me a thumbs up or something, you know, or like, yes, or something. <laughs> She's thinking of it. <laughs> you know, because she has a beautiful voice. I've heard her sing before, but uh, amen. We're not going to put it, we don't want to put it on the spot. Even though I already did, right? We did. <laughs> But, you know, it, it's awesome, man. I just thank God for you. And I know that God is preparing you for greater and greater things, okay? So with that being said, if there's all hearts, as they say in the old church, all hearts and minds are clear. <laughs> I think they say that. Right? My mind. Huh? Clear my mind. Oh, all hearts and minds. <laughs> <laughs> you got jokes. Okay. That's family, y'all. That's I love I love my cousins, man. I love, I love my family. All right. So um, please... Okay, do my favorite for those that just look. This is not about likes or all that kind of stuff. We don't we don't do when Christmas be talk radio. None of the broadcasts is about likes, but this is about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, to all the nations. I mean, we have a a, a a platform that allow us to broadcast it over 135 different countries. Okay, uh, so you might see a few on Facebook and a few, but by the time they end up, they all over the place. But this is about 
bringing the, the sound doctrine to the people of God. This is about healing and hope being restored. So uh, please, uh, by all means, feel free to share uh, the, those that are on Facebook and uh, and uh, the different social media sites. Do that, do that for us. Uh, and amen. So I'm going to turn back everything back over to Renee, and I'm going to let, let her close this out. Amen. Because thank you again. Um, we got a few comments on Facebook. It said, awesome word, good word. <laughs> thank you. And everything. So we're going to turn everything back over to you for last comments in the closest out of the prayer. Okay. Amen. Comments that I would have is consider the cost. Mm-hmm. It's the cost of serving the Lord and, and, and living his will worth eternal salvation or is the cost of denying him and living your life the way you want to live it now and spend an eternity in hell more important? Consider the cost. What Will you live the will of God or will you live your own will? Amen. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you, Father, for your word. Father, we thank you for what Christ did on the cross. We thank you for his blood that was shed for us. We thank you, Father, for loving us so much that even when we hated you, even when we despised you, even when we turned our back on you, even when we said so many things that you weren't real, that you don't exist, that there is no God, you still loved us. In all of that, Father, when we think about the, the lives of the Israels, the many times that they turned their back on you and you sent prophet after prophet after prophet to them and they killed those prophets, they continued to do their own thing. They would serve you for a minute and then go back serve you for a minute and go back. You still love them. We thank you, Father, that your love is everlasting. That no matter what we do, Father, it does not separate us from your love, that you cannot not love us. We thank you, Father. Father, we lift up everyone that's listening to us, those who will hear this in the, in the future. Father, even those who may never hear the message. Father, we lift up everyone before you. Prick our hearts, Father, that we would desire to do the things of you, that we would desire to follow your will. Prick our hearts, Father, that no matter what comes or go, our hearts and our minds are made up, that we are like Daniel, that we have purpose in our heart to serve you, that we have purpose, Father, that we will lay down our lives as as what we want to follow you. We thank you, Father, for your love. We thank you for the blood that was shed on the cross. We thank you, Father, that no matter what comes or goes, you will continue to love us. And your love, you show it every day. You show your love towards us every day. Father, we thank you for that. Help us to walk according to your will, Father. Help us to know what your will is, Father, and help us to go by the leading of your spirit, that we would do the things that you would have us to do. Father, that we will not give in to our flesh, that we will not give in to our own carnal desires, Father, but we will always strive to go for your will and to live according to your will. Give us a love for you and the things that pertain unto you. Give us a love for your word, Father, that when we wake up in the morning, we are thirsty for your word more so than thirsty for food. Father, that we hunger and thirst after those things that are righteous, that we hunger and thirst after the things of you, that our hearts cry out, Lord, I want you. That our desire is more for you than the things of the world, Father. That our desires are more for you, Father, than the things that we can gain. That our desire is more for you and pleasing you than for anything else. Give us a love for you, Father, that goes beyond everything. 
Help us, Father, to be willing to lay aside the very things that we want to make sure that we're pleasing you. Give us a love for prayer, Father. Give us a love for seeking your face, Father, for being able to worship and, and, and just give you praise. Father, that we're worshiping you out of truth and sincerity, that we're not coming to you with ulterior motives, for you know them all. But Father, when we come to you, let us come to you and worship you because we love you and because you desire all of the worship and all of the praise. And Father, no matter how you elevate us in life, no matter how you bless us, let us always understand that we can't do anything without you, that we need you in our lives, that we need you to order our steps, that we need you, Father, to give us guidance and direction. Let us never get to the point where we think we can make it on our own. But let us always be dependent on you. Let us be ready to share your love, Father, wherever we go. Let us be ready, Lord God, to be a compassionate person to those who don't know you. Even when they talk about us, even when they come up against us, Father, even when they mark us, Father, let us show your love and let us pray and intercede. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, uh, um... Thank you, Taz. Thank you, Renee, for for the word today. Again, we want to also keep Brother um, Robert and family in prayer and uh, uh, Sister Hope also in prayer. I forgot to mention that earlier. Okay, we're keeping them in prayer. But uh, again, everyone, we we do this every third Friday of the month. Okay. Uh, well, matters of the house singles ministry. It said singles, but we over anyone can come in and join. We always have fun when we all together, amen. So we can go ahead and sign out. I'm going to end the recording. Uh, y'all have a blessed rest of your day. I'm still waiting on that song, but I guess I'm not going to get it. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and sign out. Y'all be blessed again. Have a Enjoy the rest of your Friday and rest of your weekend. God bless you. Thank, Thank you, you, Renee, again. Good words, cuz. Good words. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Amen. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.